Welcome data enthusiasts. We are Zuma, the recruitment agency focused 100% on data tech professionals in and around the Berlin region. And this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. Today, I'm joined by Sabir Akhtar. He is a senior BI professional at NPAL in Berlin, with big things to come, I'm told. Today, Sabir, oh, firstly, welcome. Welcome on board the Data for Good podcast. Thank you. Uh, super excited to be here. And uh, also, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this podcast. I've been following this for quite some time now, and it's amazing. Right on. Thanks very much for the endorsement. And we wanted to have you on as a senior expert in BI for supply chain and logistics. And I understand that will be today's topic. Right on. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Please give us an introduction to your area of BI, your specialty in supply, supply chain and logistics. Yes, for sure. So I come from a business intelligence background uh, in the domain of supply chain and logistics in the last few years. I'm recently the senior BI responsible for supply chain and logistics at NPAL. And at NPAL, it has been an upwards journey since ever I joined. The company has just grown upwards and we are in this hyper growth phase and uh, lots of data, lots of work to be done. Um, for us, PI and logistics, right? So logistics operations, if you see it, it generates a wealth of data, right? You have lots of information coming from shipments to inventory levels, transportation routes, and BI basically enables the integration of all this data from this data sources, different data sources, and enables the business to give a comprehensive view of the entire supply chain and also transparency. We also provide real-time insights into movements of goods that's happening at the inventory, stuff which is coming in from purchase orders, right? Stuff that we are sending out to the customers, stuff that we are getting back as returns, and at the same time, near to real-time levels of our inventories, value of the inventory because it's worth millions of euros, status on transportation, like uh, what is the status, how many have been shipped out, what is our target for today to ship out for customers, right? We bring this visibility to the business and this visibility is super important for making timely decisions and to address disruptions quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think logistics data often involves sensitive information about shipments, you know, suppliers, customers. And I think for us, the data security and privacy is also of immense importance. Lastly, to say, I would say implementing BI in logistics, it requires changes in workflows and processes from a very high level. And from a BI perspective, we have to ensure that there is a smooth adoption of these processes. And from a technical perspective across all the employees, by employees, I mean users who would use that. Ooh, that was a perfect soundbite, if I might say so. Um, 
I wonder with um, BI enabling integration, um, enabling businesses to get a view on all data coming in and coming out and offer transparency, how how you might define or differentiate BI between other areas of data like, or maybe the value of BI compared mm -hmm. to other areas like ML or data engineering? Right. So BI would be in very simple terms. They are a combination of practices and strategies that the organizations use to collect, analyze historical looking data and present valuable insights from that data to make informed decisions, right? The main goal of BI is to basically not just transform data, but also into something actionable, which drives the business to make some important strategic decisions or choices. And it includes a vast number of steps. It starts from data collection, data integration, data warehousing, analysis, reporting, visualization, sometimes predictive analytics, and measuring the business performance through the form of KPIs, to say the least. Mm, mm. Okay, so with that, with all these practices and strategies, as you've said, how can BI, or how have you seen BI effectively improve logistics processes specifically? So logistics is basically the backbone of any global trade. It, many people outside of logistics would basically say it's a movement of goods from point A to point B. But being in logistics operations from a BI perspective, I would say it's more about ensuring that the goods reach their destinations efficiently and cost-effectively. And we have to keep in mind that this whole logistics industry is a very old industry. It's kind of a bit not digital, let's say. And as supply chains become more and more complex, right? The demand for real-time insights grows more and more. And that is where sometimes this traditional methods of managing logistics sometimes falls short. And that's where business intelligence comes in, right? And mm -hmm. business intelligence would basically help you to provide real-time insights into uh, movement of goods, as I said, right? Inventory levels and transportation status and all this visibility, which makes the business uh, take decisions on time. Okay. Um, you've identified that um, logistics is uh, commonly associated with old industry, and now we've got uh, increasing levels of complexity as businesses seek to uh, meet the needs of their customers and improve the service so customers can get their products or services more quickly. Mm -hmm. That strikes me as a very challenging area, of course. What are some of the challenges that uh, BI faces when trying to improve logistics processes? I think uh, one of the most uh, 
crucial challenges that we face in any logistics industry is the data. It comes from various sources and the data is most of the time not proper. So it requires a lot of cleaning and the integration of the data is the first step, of course, it comes from different sources. The cleaning is what takes a lot of amount of time, right? Standardization of the data to make it presentable from which you can calculate uh, certain KPIs to ensure accuracy of certain KPIs, right? That's the most challenging part that also we at NPAL currently face. And what we are trying more and more to be better at it every day. Mm, fantastic. Um, okay, C can you tell me about how BI and gathering, sorting, cleaning, and making data availability can then go and impact on predictive analytics and how that might be used in industry? Like, give us an example of how that might be used in your industry area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where BI basically not ends, but BI, as I said, includes a lot of parts like integration, cleaning, making the reports, visualization. And this part of predictive analytics is kind of stepping into this territory of data science and advanced analytics, right? Uh, in the era of big data, uh, let's say e-commerce giants like Zalando and Amazon, they're constantly improving their forecasting models to stay ahead of the game and to meet the customer expectations. Because at the end of the day, what's more, most important is to have satisfied customers, right? And one thing that I've observed uh, being in my previous company at Amazon, where Amazon is making significant investments is in transportation and logistics prediction. Mm. And it's super critical to Amazon's daily business because they need to be able to predict the demand, optimize their routes in order to deliver products to customers on time and in the best possible way. Just to set uh, the foundation stone of what I'm going to explain over here, the last decade, right? Amazon has rapidly expanded all across Europe. Mm -hmm. And imagine in the last 10 years, the enormous volumes of data that they have gathered every single minute. Now, where BI comes in is basically leveraging this data in predictive analytics to run different machine learning algorithms that can predict demand, predict the traffic patterns, and other factors that impact transportation and logistics. And all of these results of these predictions that BI makes are basically used to make different strategic decisions about things like staffing at the warehouse, various transportation routes. And all of these basically helps the company to improve their efficiency, reduce costs, and in the end, provide a better customer experience. Mm. Um, we could go more into, sorry, it's off topic, but we could go more into the things that we have worked and explain more into the predictive analytics part. Yeah, do so. Uh, you know, I, I and before you do so, you, you mentioned Amazon. I, I, I'm a new customer to Vinted. So I, I am the end customer to Vinted. And I noticed mm -hmm. that a key part of the service of Vinted is having products delivered 
either delivered to you or you being able to send them, being able to predict the time of arrival. And if there's any inaccuracy there by a day, half a day, I can imagine the customer's very sensitive to that and that affects their in their bottom line. So yeah, being able to predict um, uh, based on the data is, uh, yeah, I, I can see it's a huge thing. Sorry, you were going to go into a, to uh, a topic or another area of example there. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, on the topic that you were basically discussing, right? So for example, you're an Amazon Prime customer, right? And you have to basically uh, gift something, let's say a pair of new earphones tomorrow, right? In the evening. And it's, let's say 5 p.m. now, and you realize, oh, I haven't ordered it. I can't even go outside to buy one. So just go to Amazon. You check out and when you check out you basically see a promised delivery date tomorrow before 9 p.m and you just check out make the payment you get it next day probably in the afternoon and a service a level agreement there yeah great exactly. uh, big expectation and then often with amazon prime same day delivery so we're really ratcheting up the the expectation on the customer there so go on, exactly. what's then happening back end? Exactly, the immense amount of work that goes behind it is unfathomable. I have been a part of the project and I can probably tell you on a high level without going into the granularity of the project. So basically a year or two back, we were working on this spatiotemporal model. I'll explain what it is. A spatiotemporal model to forecast outbound transportation volume on a postal code level granularity for future looking 16 weeks. Now, regular machine learning models are one of the most wisely used long-term forecasting models for outbound transportation. However, all these models accuracy can be highly improved if you take into account spatial conditions. Now, coming to spatiotemporal models, Spatiotemporal models are basically, in very simple terms, classic machine learning models that account for time series and spatial factors, so geographical locational factors. And this is what makes them more accurate than the traditional models, especially when you have such huge forecasting volume in complex networks, right? It basically, if I were to give you an example, right? So let's imagine that I'm on the business side at Amazon and you, Joseph, you are DHL, Matt is DPD, right? So my forecast would basically tell you, hey, Joseph, for the next 16 weeks, starting from next week, you would be delivering 50,000 packages for this particular zip code in Mitte in Berlin. 6,000 the week after, and so on and so forth for 16 weeks. Now imagine this for all zip codes of Berlin, all zip codes of Germany, all zip codes of 10 European countries. That's a huge amount of forecasting that we are talking about here. Now, mm. the obvious question comes like, what does it help in? Like, how does it help you? So imagine you being from DHL, 
you have certain amount of trucks, let's say 500 trucks, right? When I'm basically providing a forecast to you that, hey, next week for this particular post slide cell, you need to give out 50,000 packages. You also have to check on your end, do I have enough capacity or do I have enough trucks to deliver those packages to the customers, right? So it is helping to protect the carrier relations between the company and the carrier itself, right? It gives more visibility on the volume distribution, on the expectations that the company has in you to deliver for the next few weeks. Imagine a scenario where you do not have capacity. The business tells you, we need to deliver 80,000 packages, but your capacity is 60,000. But if I tell you one week before, then we are screwed, right? It basically gives you four or five weeks before, and this forecast is being generated every week. Mm -hmm. As the week progresses, you get more visibility on how much you should have capacity. So it helps and visibility equaling or leading to accuracy as well. Exactly. That's the thing. So okay. we would not deal with the carriers directly. We had point of contact whom we called uh, transportation carrier managers. They are the point of contact between the business and the carrier itself. So we all this huge amount of forecast, which wouldn't make sense to any other person outside, we had dashboards built on it, right? So you would be able to see, select a week from the dashboard, select a region, right? If you select Dresden, for example, it would give you a map of the post light cells in Dresden, and then you select the carrier, okay, DHL, and then you get to see, okay, these are the number of packages that should be delivered for the next week. And then with that, you show it to the carrier, and then you basically negotiate and see how much is possible, how much is not. Mm. Mm. That's pretty much in a small nutshell. It's a, yeah, you're, you're opening the kimono uh, to yeah a very brave world there. I, I wonder with the complexity of multiple distributors, lots of orders in and out, and time major time constraints and 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 this regular regularly happening daily weekly monthly and i'm forecasting for all of those time periods what kpis matter most to you as a bi um specialist um what so yeah what kpis matter most when bi contributes to logistics sure i mean pertaining to this forecasting model, for example, it would be basically how accurate your forecast is. And how would you measure that? By measuring how much you forecasted for the week which is coming up and how much actually sent out. So if the difference mm. is negative, which means that you under forecasted. So traditionally, most businesses believe in over forecasting. But then again, if you over forecast, you're basically telling them to have capacities. And capacities not just means trucks, it means people, 
it's money, right? So there's also should be a buffer in terms of over forecasting. Mm. But then coming to KPIs, as you said, uh, for logistics processes, I think the most important KPI pertaining to logistics is OTIF, on time in full. At NPAL, we add another F for functioning because often there are goods that are damaged, right? So it should be mm. functional. But let's not get into the typical definition at NPAL, but classic definition of OTIF, on time in full, right? Pretty simple. We can go with on time first. So it basically measures the percentages of shipments delivered to the customers, both on time and with the correct quantity of goods, right? And every logistics company, they try to have as much high OTIF rates as possible because it directly impacts your customer satisfaction and loyalty. At the end of the day, even for me as a customer, I expect my order to arrive on time and complete exactly the quantities that I had asked for, not one quantity missing mm. that would be delivered the next day, right? And from a BI perspective, it's basically a valuable performance indicator, right? Because it helps the business to identify the trends and the patterns in the delivery performances. So basically, if you notice a drop in OTIF in a certain week, you can basically drill down, was it an on-time issue or an in-full issue, right? Was it because it was not delivered on time or was it not delivered in full? right? Mm -hmm. And then on drilling down, basically the business can realize that maybe it's because of congestion in that particular warehouse. Maybe a certain volume needs to be moved to another warehouse. It often can be seen that there are inefficient warehouse processes, right? So it helps a business to take corrective actions to improve the performance. Mm. There, there are many other factors uh, you know, factors out of one's control, congestion on streets, natural disasters or, or, or weather occurrences, um, you know, events going on in cities. It yes. seems almost impossible to uh, calculate. It is. Um, really does. I, <laughs> it is. It is impossible. I almost yeah. got the truth, though. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wonder, with... OTIF and there being so many dependencies mm -hmm. I, I recognize that a BI specialist is not going to have um, direct contact with a you know delivery driver for example but who are the who are your biggest stakeholders in BI for logistics who are you interacting with the most other than you know drilling down through reams and reams of data mm-hmm so at NPAL, at least, uh, we have the logistics divided into three different parts, actually. So we have outbound, who just take care of stuff going out, inbound for stuff that is coming in from overseas to the docking stations, to the warehouse. And then we have reverse logistics, who take care of a lot of important things, one of the most important being customer returns. So... Basically, we have project managers pertaining to all of these teams who understand what are the bottlenecks in the processes. And then my 
interaction is mostly with them to understand what the bottleneck is and to basically help them with a data-driven or BI approach to eradicate or remove the bottleneck. Mm. Mm. I see. I, I wonder with that removing bottlenecks and, and having that with BI, having that overview of other areas, what are the integrations with BI and other logistics systems? Maybe you can uh, explain a bit more. Sorry. So if if the delivery drivers, thinking simply, have their own systems and they're able to coordinate with each other and arrive on time and pick up on time and they have their, literally their employee um timesheets and then being able to fulfill their own roles mm -hmm. surely they are different systems and maybe they have some kind of integration with your own bi system so that you can collect their data and the same goes for the warehouse systems the production systems and then i'm just trying to think are, are there any other internal or external parties that are affected along the the long track of logistics and supply chain no i i totally get your point it's uh, basically before december last year all of these information was maintained without an erp system but every single information related to whatever you discussed right now right uh, when has the stuff been shipped out when has it been delivered right all these integrations from the fulfillment point of fulfillment center point of view is integrated into the erp so we use mm. erp uh, microsoft dynamics and that is basically our source of truth for daily operations bi mm. jumps in to retrieve the massive amount of data that's present behind it to generate actionable insights to show the performance of logistics as to like how many for example are planned to be shipped out and how many have been shipped so far so it's like a constant ticker to give you mm. a reminder that okay these are the numbers and we need to mm -hmm. speed up probably i say okay another challenging question severe I wonder, as a senior BI professional working in the logistics domain, are there certain best practices that Empal or yourself you hold to be able to deliver effective BI for logistics? I would say uh, being in supply chain and logistics, you would have a lot of requests coming in from everybody because everyone wants to get certain reports based on, the, on some point of data, right? So one of the best practices that we try, we are trying to enforce is basically working through a proper ticketing system. So we work in sprints, right? And every week on a Monday, we basically kick off the sprint. We go through our tasks that, okay, these are the things that we need to deliver with certain deadlines. And by Friday, we need to deliver this or depending on the task, there are certain deadlines, right? And then in the middle of the week, we generally keep a refinement meeting, which is basically an open channel 
with BI and data from supply chain mm. with other stakeholders across supply chain to basically understand what ad hoc requests that they have, right? So maybe at the end of the meeting, you end up in having 20 number of tasks, right? But you just have three more days to finish it, right? And that's where we basically try to understand with the stakeholder, like, is it a need or is it a want, right? Mm. So if it is a need, then we try to act on it as soon as possible, depending on the urgency. If it is a want, then we try to understand if we can push on the deadlines or be flexible about it. That's something mm, that we are trying to follow on. Secondly, mm. is we write a lot of codes, right? Which are basically SQL queries, constantly running and hitting the master database, right? And maybe what I think as an efficient query, which runs in two minutes, may not be as efficient, right? So we basically are putting all our codes that we use to generate reports and analysis on a central repository, which goes through a peer review system. So what I write as a piece of code would be reviewed by another team member before publishing it, right? And that way it basically performs a four eye check, right? So mm -hmm. that way you're basically going through a clean transparent system and maybe someone challenges your code and says that, hey, this thing that you're running can be run in 30 seconds. And I know a smarter way to do this. And we basically sit down on it, try to get the thing done and that's it. Mm, I like it. So quality checking or sanity checking or acid testing all the way along to make sure standards are upheld. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's really insightful. Um, I've got no idea how long we've been talking, um, but I suspect we're coming towards the end of our time. And typically we um, conclude with an outlook as to the future. And I wonder in your position and given the kind of complex and futuristic topics that you've you've brought to our attention what do you consider to be the future trends for bi and logistics yeah that's a very good question uh, there are a couple of things that come to the right to the top of my mind and the first being advanced analytics and ai integration a lot of buzz going around with ai but honestly as data and logistics continues to grow exponentially, the integration of advanced analytics and artificial intelligence will basically play a very important role here. And AI-powered algorithms will basically help to optimize route planning, to predict the demand fluctuations, to enhance the supply chain efficiency by automating all these decision-making processes. Um, Another thing that comes to my mind is real-time data. Everyone wants real-time data, right? And the internet of things or IoT is becoming increasingly prevalent in the logistics industry. You have a lot of IoT devices like sensors, trackers, and they are embedded in shipments and vehicles, trucks, and they are providing real-time data on location, temperature, humidity, right? And certain critical parameters. 
And all this real-time data will basically help the business to make more informed decisions promptly, maybe reduce delays in the processes, and in the end, improve the whole supply chain visibility. Another thing that we are trying to do is basically having self-service uh, BI, right? So traditional systems on BI, they were built on a central data warehouse, central data storage, and an infrastructure that is not quite adequate for modern businesses or businesses that are going through hyper growth phase, right? In such companies, all the business units require data access anywhere, anytime. And this is where the self-service BI basically comes in, right? Imagine on the central data warehouse, you have this massive data of 56 or 60 columns, right? How about we aggregate the data into actionable insights into smaller tables, right? Self-service BI basically enables the access to more meaningful data for the business users within the organization so that they can be more productive and more effective. So basically, in short, encompassing all the processes to empower the user to analyze huge amounts of data independently so that they can make their own dashboards and do not need to rely on dedicated analysts to prepare ad hoc reports. Fascinating. We, you know, there's another podcast here for sure, <laughs> looking into the future trends. A AI, I'd be really keen to know what place um, BI professionals have in logistics with the advent of AI impacting everything. I'd also want to drill down into IoT and, and what you perceive that to be its impact, as well as self-service affecting many areas of mm -hmm. analytics these days and improving uh, the services of analytics. Okay. But now's not the time for that. So good. Um, so there, thanks so much. You've been a, a fountain uh, of technical knowledge today. So I really appreciate it. And I think, Thank you. I believe the Berlin data community will really appreciate it as well. And I ask anybody who has any questions or comments about this podcast or about BI for logistics generally, reach out to myself or Sabia. Sabia will be answering, of course. And um, yeah, formally, thanks very much and see you next time, Sabia. Thank you, Joseph.